Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome in, everybody, to another edition of the Flagship Podcast. I am Chip Brown, joined as always by our fearless leader, the managing editor of Horns 24-7, the one and only Taylor Estes. Taylor, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Chip. How about you? I mean, it's a beautiful week. It's Masters week. Jordan Spieth just won the Valero Texas Open. Maybe he's figured something out. He hadn't won a golf tournament since he won the British Open in July of 2017. I mean, for a guy who had won the Masters, the U.S. Open, and the British Open, he looked like he was going to be a record breaker, and then he goes on a nearly four-year drought without a win. But, hey, it's Masters week, and we'll see if he can – Find the magic again, Taylor. And we got spring football popping. We got a new basketball coach who's hiring former Texas coaches. And I mean, Texas baseball and softball are beating up on the bottom feeders of the Big 12. We got people in the transfer portal, Kamaka Hepa, Celeste Taylor. And we got some Texas Tech people in the in the portal. And maybe some more portal you know, voyagers to come. Uh, so Taylor, I mean, we got a lot going on here. Yeah. There's no uh, shortage of information right now, Chip. And um, yeah, I think our listeners will hear that. So we should get rolling because we got a lot to cover here. Well, and Baylor, we should mention this because we're recording on Tuesday. Baylor just won the national championship in basketball and they were the best team. Mm-hmm. It wasn't even close. No. My man, Davion Mitchell was the baddest man on the floor and Gonzaga, they felt it. And so Chris Beard, the second program in the state of Texas to win a national championship other than Texas Western, which is now UTEP, back when Don Haskins was the coach, is the Baylor Bears. Believe that or not. So Crazy. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll get to Chris Beard here in a minute, Taylor, but Uh, Spring football's underway. We had a chance to talk to Josh Thompson and Roshan Johnson after practice. And, uh, and they mentioned some names of people who are making strong early impressions. And so we, uh, we have some, you know, look, everyone wants to know who's looking good, right? Everyone wants to know who's looking good in spring practice because practices are closed we call our sources and we find out stuff. But today we actually just got to talk to players and ask them who's looking good. And Roshan Johnson, he talked about the quarterbacks, Casey Thompson and Hudson card and how they're both. They they're in the playbook. They know what's going on. They're, they're learning the offense, processing it, getting to getting on the same page with receivers who had a, had had some rough days early on in uh, spring football and uh, 
Of course, now Troy O'Meary's out there catching passes, not going through contact, but catching passes. Jordan Whittington, Joshua Moore's back out there. He was sick, non-COVID, we were told. Uh, he's back out there. So hopefully that receiver position is is progressing. I don't think there's any, um, you know, anything to report in terms of which quarterback has, you know, made a move or anything at this point. But some of the names that were mentioned today, Taylor, by um, Josh Thompson and Roshan Johnson, we'll start with the veterans. Both of them mentioned Ray Thornton, the, the graduate transfer outside linebacker from LSU, who's vying to succeed Joseph Osai as the, the Jack outside linebacker. Uh, both talked about how he's got natural leadership skills. He's uh, people just kind of gravitate toward him. He's easily moved into a, a leadership role, which is always a good thing when you're talking about a guy who's coming in from another program that he blends. And, and then Darian Dunn, who we wrote about over the weekend as a guy who is starting to flash, make plays in spring football, the McNeese State graduate transfer corner back, Josh Thompson said, this is a guy who looks the part, has the speed, and does everything right, he said. That was the quote, and is accountable. And Josh Thompson said, we need more guys who are accountable, whatever that means. But um, those, are, those are a couple names among the, the veterans. And then the younger players they mentioned, and this I always find interesting, Josh Thompson mentioned Jameer Johnson, and J.D. Coffey, both early enrollee freshmen, Jameer Johnson at corner, J.D. Coffey at safety. And, and so you always like to hear that when the, when the veterans are talking about the freshmen, Taylor. Yeah, no doubt about it. And I think he also mentioned Brendan Schooler, which is a, a big deal because Brendan Schooler, as Chip first reported, moved from wide receiver to safety um, following the 2020 season. So the fact that, you know, a veteran defensive back um, on this Texas roster is pointing out that, you know, that position move is is working out well, I think is important. Now, Brendan Schooler has played defensive back before. Um, I believe it was at Oregon, right? When, or, yeah. yeah so, year, he led the team in interceptions with four. Yeah. So, you know, he has a, a little bit of experience, but you probably would expect him to be a little bit rusty, you know, at this point because he hasn't played for several years since his freshman season. So I thought that was a really good point too. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, when you, a couple other names mentioned by, um, by Rashawn Johnson, he mentioned, well, he mentioned Jordan Whittington is looking good. He also mentioned Gunnar Helm early enrollee tight end and, uh, and Jaron Thompson, the sophomore safety who got, he, you know, he flashed in the K state game and, and got some uh, reps uh, there when Caden Stearns opted out of the, the bowl game. And, and so that's positive too, because I'm hearing Jaron Thompson's running with the first team with BJ Foster ahead of Brennan Schooler right now. So we'll see how that plays out. It's early. I just keep saying that over and over again. It's early. Don't, don't plant your flag off of anything you're hearing right now, other than Darian Dunn and Ray Thornton know what they're doing and have been embraced by their teammates and Brennan Schooler knows what he's doing at safety. But, um, you know, when you look at 
this, you're looking for guys who are making a, a good first impression. So these are some positives because our man, Mike Roach, who uh, you need to be following over at Horns 24-7. He's the recruiting guru for us. Loves J.D. Coffee. Like I said, who's your favorite guy in the class? And I think he said J.D. Coffee. Mm-hmm. And, and look, when you lose um, Chris Brown, Caden Stearns from the safety position, you need some playmakers. Chris Brown was a playmaker. And we think Brendan Schooler can do it because he did it at Oregon as a freshman before moving to receiver. B.J. Foster's made plays. Um, but, and Jaron Thompson's a young guy. But very good news, in my opinion, that J.D. Coffey already getting some, some love from a veteran. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, and I mean, you always want to listen to our recruiting analysts, too, because, you know, our guys go out on the road constantly, as Horns 24-7 members know. You know, they're always watching these guys, and um, there's a reason why they're the best in the business. So I think that, you know, if, if a, a, a recruiting analyst at the Horns 24-7 site points out certain recruits as guys that they love, it's something to definitely pay attention to. Yeah, and uh, Jameer Johnson. I mean, it, it's good to be loaded at corner. And so we'll see how these guys continue to develop. They talked about, uh, Rashawn Johnson talked about the offense. He's the latest to talk about how much they've had to learn. But he said, you find out who's in it to win it. You find out who's been in their playbook and who's learning the, the signals, the technique, everything. And so... It's a, it's a lot. And Rashawn Johnson said, Hey, I just got into business school. So I'm, I got all kinds of stuff on my plate and I'm, I'm in my playbook. I'm, I'm keeping up. And uh, they're talking about the, uh, the creativity of Steve Sarkeesian. They're excited about, and then defensively, we've said that Sarkeesian has said this defense will mirror last year's defense and, so far, that's what we're hearing, that it's pretty much the same four down line, two linebackers, a nickel, and and then, you know, so five defensive backs. And it's, um, you know, it's, it's going to be exciting. And obviously, everyone wants to know who's going to replace Joseph Osai. I think we can say that Ray Thornton, the LSU graduate transfer, is going to be a guy who's a leading contender, don't forget, uh, Notre Dame graduate transfer Ovia Gofu, who will uh, graduate in May and then report to Texas in June, is also a guy they think will compete for that uh, Jack outside linebacker position. Yep, there's and a I'm, lot of moving parts here right now. You know, I mean, there's a new staff, there's a ton of new players coming in. And the one thing that Steve Sarkeesian has mentioned. Um, time and again, is they're not necessarily, you know, expecting to come out of spring knowing the main thing that they're looking for essentially is what guys they have and where they need to fill holes. And then they're going to try to do so in the transfer portal. So this is going to be, in my opinion, Chip, an ongoing type of um, storyline. You know, it may not just be about what guys look the best in spring practice. Some guys may look the best in spring practice if Texas brings you know, some grad transfers in that they like better, that can also happen too. So, you know, that's one thing that the transfer portal age has really changed um, the game, honestly. And I think that, um, but I mean, I think overall, just hearing these names, I think is a good sign. Um, You know, Steve Sarkeesian has talked about 
the need for more bodies at cornerback. So hearing how many cornerbacks are players that are standing out now, obviously it's in, in, you know, secondary members, obviously it's Josh Thompson who also plays the position. So he's watching these guys, you know, get each and every rep that they are getting when he's not on the field. So, you know, it's a exciting times. And this is why people want to be members of Horns 24 seven so that you hear this type of news first, like how Chip reported about Darian Dunn being somebody that was turning heads. That was over the weekend. And this is Tuesday that Josh Thompson said that. So always have some insider information over there. Yeah, it's um, it's going to be uh, it's going to be fun. And I think people who are wondering, oh, McNeese State, I mean, that's FCS. How good can this Darian Dunn be? But this dude is is legit. He had five interceptions uh, in 2019 and 16 pass breakups. That's those are good numbers. And and then McNeese opted not to play football in the fall. That's when Darian Dunn decided to transfer. Now McNeese is playing a spring schedule, but obviously Darian Dunn is at Texas and uh, will be ready to go. And I think we'll be, look, you lose Jalen Green, who's a talented corner. You pick up Darian Dunn, who's bigger and as long as Jalen Green. He's got those long arms that you love and he's thicker. Um, you know, he's nearly 200 pounds so, and he's a, you know, he's a track guy. He won the 60 meter hurdles indoors at the, at the Southland conference indoor meet, um, with a 7.69 time. I mean, this guy can move. So this, this is going to end up being a good pickup from the Tom Herman staff that, um, that Steve Sarkeesian, Pete Kwiatkowski and Terry Joseph, are inheriting. And so good news right there. Absolutely. And there's a lot of other good news chip in uh, another sport in Texas basketball after Texas hired Chris Beard, you know, horns 24 seven has been all over the staffing decisions. Chip, you reported the hirings of Chris Ogden, Ulrich Mal- Maligi. Is that how you say it? How do you pronounce yeah, Malaga. that? Last? I don't Maliga. know how they get Malaga, but. <laughs> and Rodney yeah, Terry. A-L-I-G-I. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then Rodney Terry, too. So, you know, Chris Beard is definitely not taking a slow approach of putting together his staff at Texas. But I am want your input on so far, you know, what he's been able to secure in um, assistant coaching hires. Yeah, I mean, he wants he wants the guys who can recruit and coach. And he feels like with Chris Ogden and um, and Rodney Terry, two guys who coached under Rick Barnes when they recruited players like Avery Bradley, Tristan Thompson, Corey Joseph, DJ Augustine, Dexter Pittman. I mean, um, Russell Springman recruited Kevin Durant and, and Russ is now on the staff at Oral Roberts. I saw him in the NCAA tournament. It was good to see him, but, but Rodney Terry and Chris Ogden, they know the state, they know, how this works. And, and I think Chris Beard wants guys who are not trying to learn and figure it out. He wants guys who've proven that they can bring the best players out there to Texas. He wants to go right back and tap into their uh, abilities. And he said, look, we're going to win the same way Rick Barnes won. We're going to be tough. We're going to be 
gritty and we're going to recruit the best players in the world here. He said in the world because he's willing to look internationally and, and has done that. He's coached internationally. He told us that when he, uh, in his introductory press conference, the guy has coached seemingly everywhere. And if you have not heard our podcast interview with Tom Penders from Monday, oh my gosh, it's worth it just to listen to Tom Penders talk about when he went to go visit Chris Beard when he was coaching at Seminole Junior College in Seminole, Oklahoma. And he said, you go forever. And then at ever you bang a left and there's Seminole Junior College. But Penders has great insight into Chris Beard as um, the, the first guy to give Chris Beard a taste of coaching when he brought on Chris Beard as a student assistant at Texas in the early nineties. It's really worth the listen. No one can tell a story like Tom Penders. So uh, check it out. Um, just uh, head over to iTunes or Spotify, wherever you listen to us. And there it is from Monday, but I, I like what Chris Beard is doing here. I don't Mark Adams, who was his associate head coach at Texas tech, just got the Texas tech head coaching job. He's going to succeed beard. And he was beards quote unquote defensive coordinator and is a guy he absolutely would have brought to Texas. And so good for Mark Adams to get that head coaching job. Obviously, Kirby Hoka, the athletic director at Texas Tech, wants to hang on to the principles that helped that program win under Chris Beard. And so it's going to be interesting to see how all the roles will shake out. I think they're still being talked about. I think Chris Beard is looking at all of his options in terms of who he's going to have as his three on-the-road recruiting assistants. Right now, it looks like it's Rodney Terry, Chris Ogden, and, and Ulrich Malaga, as you mentioned, Taylor. But if, if Beard wants to bring in another assistant, he could move Chris Ogden to an off-the-court off the role where Ogden is still able to recruit on campus, just not go out on the road. Um, and, and so Beard's going to think of everything he wants every advantage. He wants to maximize what he's got in terms of the cachet of Texas. And, and so it's fun. And I know these, I, I know these guys, I know Chris Ogden, I know Rodney Terry, I covered them their whole time at Texas. So for me, it's like, Hey, welcome home guys. You need any help finding a, a place to live? You know, I got a condo that I'm renting. So <laughs> let me know. Yeah, for sure. And another thing, Chip, to kind of keep an eye on now is with, some of the players that, um, you know, these coaches have had on their rosters, both, I mean, at UTEP, you know, there's guys that are legit players and that could be a possibility. I mean, what are some of the names that you're hearing at this point um, of some, you know, either Texas Tech or wherever they may be players that could be considering transferring to Texas? Right, right. Well, um, when you talk about Rodney Terry, you talk about Bryson Williams, the six eight forward who averaged 15 points and seven rebounds for UTEP, and is uh, you know just a grinder, uh, shoots a good percentage, skilled, and and then also from Texas Tech, uh, Marcus uh, Santos Silva, who 
was a grad transfer from VCU to Texas Tech. And uh, Santos Silva was a big you know, presence in the middle for them, uh, undersized power forward, but really smart, really good defensively. And because he has the COVID red shirt, he could transfer. He's in the portal right now. And I think the school to watch is Texas, obviously. Kyler Edwards, a junior guard from Texas Tech, was in the portal, but he took his name out of the portal once Mark Adams got the job. And and then Micah Peavy, their 6'7 freshman uh, guard who started a bunch this season, is also in the portal and is a is a name to watch. His dad, David Peavy, is the um, two-time state championship coach at Duncanville and is David Peavy's being hotly pursued by, uh, from what I'm hearing, Texas Tech, Texas A&M, and Texas. Um, and we'll see. We'll see how that plays out. I would be willing to bet that wherever David Peavy lands, you might see Micah Peavy landing. So uh, it seems to be how this goes in college basketball. But those are some of the names to keep an eye on. We mentioned um, Kamaka Hepa in the portal on, on his way out of the Texas program. We have not heard yet what the intentions are of Matt Coleman, Jericho Sims, Greg Brown. And uh, so, you know, Royce Ham, we know he entered the portal. He's going to UNLV. Uh, best of luck to him. Um, Jace Febris is another guy who's a senior who I think will be back at Texas if Chris Beard wants him. So you're getting the sense that Kamaka Hepa, six nine shooter, not the you know most aggressive defender. And if you're going to play for Chris Beard, you got to be a great defender. So um, Kamaka Hepa moving on, but there's going to be a lot of moving parts. You you said it, Taylor, and I think the one thing Chris Beard can do is put a roster together when you lose four starters from an elite eight team, bring in four transfers and go to the national championship game the next year with four new starters. This guy knows what he's looking for, how to blend talent. I think it's just going to be fun to watch. Yeah. And I, I'm really curious actually chip about Matt Coleman because you know, one story that Chris Beard told um, in his introductory press conference was during the big 12 uh, champion or tournament, excuse me, when Texas, you know, beat Texas tech late on a foul, you know, by Texas tech on Matt Coleman, Chris Beard, you know, he talked about how he's known Coleman for several years now coaching against Texas and they were walking in the tunnel and he went over to Coleman and put his arm around him and kind of joked and was like, I have to ask you a question. And Matt Coleman was like, yeah, coach. And he's like, were you really fouled? And I thought that was kind of, it was a funny story. I do also think that I wonder how that their relationship is. It sounded to me based off of the way that Chris Beard was talking about it, that he, they have a relationship, you know? So I would be curious. I mean, you know, he can use that red shirt year, right. For, to return for another season. So yep. that's something I'm, I'm very, you know, intrigued to watch to see if uh, maybe he'll want to, you know, play for the coach that, he knocked out of the tournament this year. I don't know. Yeah, it, it'll be interesting because that was that was Shaka Smart's prized recruit and a guy who, um, you know, swore by Shaka Smart 
And look, players want to be coached. They do because that they it's going to help them. It's going to help them get better. And so I'm fascinated to see what guys like Greg Brown, Matt Coleman, who are fringe um, draft picks in the first round or second round. Um, there's only two rounds in the NBA draft. You want to be in one of the two, but um, you know, Matt Coleman's a, a guy you get, you talk to scouts, you get a mixed review on him, uh, turns the ball over too much, not uh, you know, just doesn't have the size or the, the, the intangibles that make you say, Oh, that guy's a can't miss. And Greg Brown, look, he had his ups and his downs, he'll get drafted probably late in the first round, but his stock probably fell a little bit this year, to be honest, uh, because his minutes went down as the year went on. It, it didn't look like he was in sync. Um, why? That's something that, that he can answer, but his stock probably went down a little bit. Jericho Sims stock went up. So we're waiting on those announcements to see what Chris Beard's going to need to to fill in how many holes he's going to need to fill in. So what were your thoughts? I'm curious for this. Cause um, and I'm forgetting which game it was, but when Greg Brown walked to the locker room mid game um, from an M- I mean, you've covered more NBA drafts and everything that I have from an NBA draft standpoint. Is that a turn off? Like I saw that and was like, you've got to be kidding me, you know, but I also, you know, grew up with a dad that always taught us you don't, ever quit on your team. If you start a season, you finish the season, even if you hate it, whatever, but you never quit on a team, let alone quit mid game. You know how, I mean, is that type, is that a type of antic that some of these scouts may see and be like, Oh, he needs to mature a little bit more. Or what are your, what's your take on that? Yeah. I mean, I think so. They're going to ask him about that. They're going to ask him if he, if he decides to turn and he goes to the combine, they're going to, they're going to ask him about that. What was going on there? Yeah. What were you hurt? Were you mad? Well, you can't just walk off. No. Um, and that's, he did show some frustration. He showed some, he taunted a player in a game that ended up hurting them. Um, I think the West Virginia game where they ended up losing a 17 point lead. So he's, he's got some, some growing to do, but by all accounts, he was a good teammate. His teammates liked him. He had energy for them. And especially early on, and then maybe he started pressing. That's what we see from young players who feel like they should be a one and done. They try to do too much. They get out of the, the flow of, of being a, a, a great teammate and start trying to shoot threes or whatever they think the NBA scouts want to see him. I thought we saw that with Mo Bamba as well. And, and it's natural. I mean, look, you've been told you're for the past year, that you're a top something pick, you're a first round pick, the G League wants to pay you $300,000 to go play for them and then get drafted. And, and so, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting. We've seen some players leave Texas after one season when they should have and a bunch who shouldn't have. And so a lot of it depends on who you're listening to and are you getting good advice? So a uh, lot of, lot of things still to play out for Chris Beard and, and what uh, his roster will end up looking like. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I think that, you know, I think he's going to have the time to kind of build it, you know, Chip, I thought 
um, he was talking pretty adamantly about it's not, this isn't a rebuild, you know, in his um, introductory press conference, he didn't want to call it that because this isn't a look down the road three years from now. And then that's when we're going to be competing. He made it, he kind of, you know, put the pressure on himself a little bit, but that's something that he has said that is why he took the Texas job. He knows the expectations are high. He knows that, you know, he's got to win early. And, and that's something that, that is um, kind of, is thrives him a little bit. And I think that's something we haven't really heard that very frequently from some of the new coaching hires that have happened over the last probably 10 years at Texas. I mean, you know, when Tom Herman was hired, it was always pointing to 2020 being the season. Now, obviously having expectations of playing for a national championship in year one is very unrealistic. I know some Texas fans probably feel that they would disagree with that with what I'm saying, but I mean, it is an unrealistic task to expect that. Now, if it happens, it's shocking and it's awesome, but it's, you know, an expectation that is probably very unachievable. How long do you think that this is a, you know, with Chris Beard at Texas, where they may be able to start turning the corner and, you know, not, you know, crumble off in March, but actually start playing their better, the best basketball of the season then. Yeah. I mean, you're, I'm hearing, that Mac McClung, the the point guard for Texas Tech, might be a guy who ends up in the portal and could be headed to Texas. This is a guy who's played a ton of basketball. If they don't have Matt Coleman, um, you know, we're wait. Courtney Ramey's a junior. He should be back. Andrew Jones, um, with his cancer um, recovery, is a redshirt junior, so he you know could be back. And, and then if you added in a, a guy like Mac McClung, that's a veteran, that's a veteran backcourt when you, and when you combine that with Chris Beard, and then you put in, bring in some pieces. If let's say Jericho Sims, Greg Brown, move on, you bring in a Bryson Williams from UTEP or a, a Marcus uh, Santos Silva from Texas tech. And that's a veteran team right there. And so I think you can never count out Chris Beard after, after he had those four starters who left from the elite eight team. And then he went to the national championship game the next year. I just think this guy does a great job of evaluating talent, getting that talent and then developing that talent. And I think when you listen to our podcast Monday with Tom Penders, that to me was Penders was emphatic about that. He said his players get better every single one of them. He said some coaches recruit and game plan, recruit and game plan. He said Chris Beard recruits, develops fundamentals and can X and O with the best of them, but his players will get developed. And I think that's where I think that's why Chris Beard is special. And so you saw guys like Zaire Smith and Jarrett Culver get recruited at tech. They were three stars. They, they beat Texas for those guys. Um, Shaka didn't have his ducks in a row. He was firing the guy recruiting both, recruiting both of those players. Anyway, they end up at tech as three stars. Zaire Smith left after one year. Right. Um, and Jarrett Culver left after two. Jarrett was part of the team that went to the national championship. And, is, is now with the Timberwolves, but, you know, Pender said 
he may not recruit five-star kids who think they've got it all figured out. He'll find the three and four-star guys and turn them into five stars. And I think that's what every, every fan wants. They want to see great team guys like what you saw from Baylor and taking down Gonzaga. These were a bunch of transfers. I mean, Davion Mitchell came from Auburn. Uh, Flagler came from like some school I've never heard of. You know, I mean, and that's that's the kind of stuff you have to do. You you have to find those pieces and bring them in, and then you have to make them fit. And so, I think I think that's what we'll see. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, there's a lot of exciting times ahead for both Texas basketball and football. And uh, on that note, Chip, I think uh, we should take a really quick break here. But you definitely want to stick around because we will come back with some more football talk, some more basketball talk. Um, and love it or leave it. So stay tuned. We will be right back. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. So Chip, uh, you want some love it or leave it? Or is there anything else that you wanted to touch no, on before? That's good. Let's uh, let's do it. I, I, I would just say, you know, as far as Texas baseball and softball, they're beating up on the, the bottom feeders of the Big 12, and I think they'll both get to do that again this weekend. I mean, they should. Number seven, softball's playing Iowa State in Ames. Iowa State hasn't won a conference game yet, and Texas is playing K-State in Austin. K-State hasn't won a conference game yet, but then after that, it's on. Softball will play number one, Oklahoma, uh, the following weekend in Norman and Texas baseball will play some non-conference games, but then they, when they get back into big 12 play, it'll be Oklahoma state, Texas tech and TCU, all the ranked teams in the big 12. So um, with that, Taylor, let's get to love it or leave it. All right. My first topic for you, Chip is love it or leave it. The biggest concern on the football team right now is at receiver. You know, um, I'm going to, I'm going to love this actually, uh, because I, from day one of spring football and you didn't have Troy O'Meary out there, Jake Smith messed up his foot. Um, I heard the only receiver catching passes that, and Josh Moore wasn't out there. The only receiver catching passes was Jordan Whittington. Everyone else was dropping the football. And I think the coaches were smoking mad. I mean, they're like, what, what's happening here? Do we have, are you guys on scholarship? Right. Like for real? So I think 
some guys need to come on. And, and if you're going to, um, you know, be able to be everything you want in the, from the offensive perspective of a Steve Sarkeesian offense, and you think about the receivers they've had at Alabama, how explosive they were, you know, Jalen Waddle, Henry Ruggs, Devontae Smith. And then you look at Texas's receivers. I mean, you need Troy O'Meary to be a rock star. You need Jordan Whittington to be a rock star. Joshua Moore to be a rock star. Calvante Dixon to be a rock star. We saw him flash in the Alamo Bowl with that 70-yard pass from Casey Thompson. And Marcus Washington. Marcus Washington. It's time. You know, that's a guy who's caught touchdown passes from from Casey Thompson in the in the Alamo Bowl. Let's see him, you know, make a move. So I'm gonna love that for right now, Taylor. It's early in the spring, but I'll love that. Interesting. Okay. I for sure. How about you? Yeah, you know, I, I think I'm gonna have to leave that. Um, I mean, I, I think there's probably con- like, you know, the coaches are probably fuming mad about that because Andre Coleman was one of the retained coaches from the previous staff. So these are guys that it's not like they're getting used to a new position coach or anything like that. Um, but I do think, you know, practice number one and early on in spring practice, I mean, these are the first days that um, Casey Thompson's even, you know, able to prepare with the ones or practice with the ones. Um, and then Hudson card, same thing, you know, these are two quarterbacks that have not had that opportunity. So, you know, I think that it's going to take a little bit of time to kind of build up that, that groove that the quarterbacks and receivers need to be in. So I, I'm not too concerned about it right now. I would say that my biggest concern, I mean, it, you know, it, I, I think linebacker has to be one that you look at just because of the, limited depth that Texas does have at the position. And then also on the offensive line, you know, there's shuffling around the offensive line. I think both positions have talent. It's just a lot of unproven talent. And especially on the offensive line, you know, shifting guys to different positions across there. I think that would be more of a concern, um, you know, because everything that, you know, with this staff um, on offense, it all starts up front. I mean, look at the offensive lineman that Alabama has had. You know, that Steve, yeah, I mean, that Steve Sarkeesian has those man in, mountains. Exactly. Yeah. They look like Goliath out there. And, um, you know, I think that is um, probably going to be a little bit of a transition for Steve Sarkeesian and Kyle Flood, um, just since they had been so used to having the, those really big, you know, big uglies, or if you want to call them that up front um, at Alabama. So I would probably say that would be my biggest position of concern, um, and not so much receiver. Okay. All right. I, I can, I can see those points right there. All right. What, All right. uh, what do you got next for me here and love it or leave it? All right. Let's turn to basketball here, Chip. So this, the thing that stood out most from Chris Beard's introductory press conference was him saying he plans to make Texas a national championship caliber program. Love it or leave it. You know what? Um, that would be focusing on the result and not the process. And I think um, to be like a nerd, I'm going to leave this because I think what's going to be the most um, notable thing about Chris Beard is how, how he's going to get there. I think he'll get there. I think he'll have Texas in the final four. I think he's the next wave of, of, coaches, you know, at 48, 
he's he's a guy that I think is going to be in the elite uh, status. And I think what's going to be fun is how he invests in Texas. He's going to go connect with the students. He's going to do everything he can to to plead with fans to make it already has to make the Irwin center as loud as it can be this year, uh, this upcoming season. And then after that season, he'll be in the Moody center. But I think what stood out the most from his press conference was kind of how they're going to get there. They're going to be tough. They're going to be gritty and they're going to have to do all of the dirty work to, to be, um, you know, the, the well-rounded team that, that Chris Beard is known for putting on the floor. So I think him talking about, yeah, we want to be in contention for a national championship. He's done that at Texas tech. Obviously there's pressure for him to do it at Texas and, and to do it quickly, but no one wants to do it more quickly than he does. And, and he, he, is so confident in his ability to identify talent that uh, I think it's all the stuff about the process stood out to me more than, than the, Hey man, we want to win a national championship. How about you, Taylor? I, I agree. I think you expect coaches to say that in their introductory press conference. You, you know, you don't hear a coach ever come in, especially at a place like the university of Texas in one of the, you know, football basketball or baseball type of jobs, especially, you don't hear them come in and say like, oh yeah, you know, our goal is to finish middle of the pack. No, you don't ever hear that. You hear them say that, you know, our goal is to bring championships to the program. So, um, and I I agree with, I was going to say the exact same thing. You know, I thought that his acknowledgement of everything that has to go into the process and hence willingness to just honestly say, call it like it is, you know, calling, saying that we need alumni support, former players. We, I want you back here. Former coaches, I want you back. Fans, I need your help. I mean, this was not something that he came in, you know, pounding his chest saying, I, I led a program to a national championship. I got this. It was, no, I led a program to a national championship. I know what it took to get there. And it's not just going to be on me. And I thought that was one of the, the key components of him really just kind of um, calling it like it is and, and calling out for help from other people at all different areas of the university, not just from the players, you know? So I thought that was probably the most, um, the thing that stood out the most to me. Yeah. I mean, could you feel his energy throughout that press conference? He's like, Hey, I'm really excited to talk to you guys, but I really need to go like get coaching and get this thing going. I thought that was funny. I kind of liked that. He like said that too. Like, Oh Yeah. Like, this is great and all, but like, I don't want to really be talking to y'all. Like, it's like to have their, he wants to get, you know, hit the ground running. And I think that's what you're seeing, especially just with the way that he is um, managing the hiring of a, his uh, coaching staff too. But yeah, he's definitely not lacking energy. I'll say that. I think uh, that was very evident in, you know, seeing or hearing him talk for the first time as the Texas head coach. Yeah. No, it's going to be fun. Yeah. All right, Chip. Uh, another one for you here is, Love it or leave it, losing sophomore guard Celeste Taylor from the women's basketball team is a big loss for Vic Schaefer. Um, you know, I'm going to leave this for right now because while Celeste Taylor was dynamite in the NCAA tournament and someone that Vic Schaefer did not want to lose, 
Um, but Celeste Taylor, she's from Long Island, New York. The pandemic's been really hard on her being away from her family. Um, so I think she wants to get closer to home. Uh, if, if look, if a player is distracted or, or just has something else on their mind, then they got to go work that out. And so I think with the way that Vic Schaefer recruits and the fact that he's got the, you know, he's got three of the top rated players in the country in the top 25 coming in, including two top tens. Um, I think that Texas is going to be okay. Two of the best junior college players coming in as well. I, I think Vic Schaefer has to just, and, and he has already come to grips with this and he'll, he said, we may not be done in, in this recruiting class. And I think now we know why he said that. So uh, I'm going to leave that one, Taylor. How about you? Yeah, I think I, I'm going to have to agree with you again. I'm going to leave it. You know, I think a lot of it, if somebody, as you mentioned, you know, if, if somebody is distracted because of whether it's family issues or whatever, or being homesick, I mean, that's a legit thing. You know, I mean, I, I, I was from California and I went to school at the University of Texas and it was hard to be, you know, halfway across the country from either even like remotely close a family member, you know, I mean, that that's a tricky situation. I didn't have the, you know, the schedule also of an athlete does, and it wasn't during a pandemic. And if, you know, if it's a matter of she wants to be closer to her family, that's not going to ever change, you know, it's not. And so if anything is just going to um, linger on and probably turn into a worse situation, had she stuck around, you know, so, and I think at this point, you know, you have to give Vic Schaefer the benefit of the doubt to be able to field the best team that he can. I mean, the fact just, it was so impressive what the Longhorns did um, in year one under him, you know, especially in the NCAA tournament. So I think that, you know, he, he has proven time and again, that he knows what he's doing. He knows how to recruit. He knows how to develop players. He knows how to you know, coach him hard, but love him hard. And I think that you have to just put your confidence in him right now and not question him because he's done nothing but prove, you know, himself and his worth, um, not just at Texas, but in his career. Yeah. I mean, think about the coaching hires Chris Del Conte has made here with Steve Sarkeesian in football, Vic Schaefer reaches an elite eight with a team that had the seventh best offense in the big 12 this year. Uh, but great defense, as he promised. We'll pick you up at the city limits and we'll defend you till, till we escort you out of the city. Mm-hmm. And and now Chris Beard, who, mm-hmm. I mean, UT graduate, uh, the guy everyone wanted, Texas lands. And there's just a whole lot of excitement in the major sports right now. And and so kudos to Chris Del Conte, Jay Hartzell, and and you know, Regents Chairman Kevin Eltife for being aligned. In fact, I would suggest people check out the Insider this week about that alignment because that has had a huge impact on these hires, and uh, and we'll talk about it in the in the Insider. <laughs> Good little tease there too, and don't forget, um, you know, David Pierce too. Right, David you know, Pierce yeah. got the number four baseball team in the country. Mm-hmm. Still got to play Oklahoma State, Tech, and TCU. But hey, they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. They're knocking yeah. them down. Yep, no doubt about it. So, all right, Chip, I have one more for you. It is 
love it or leave it, Tom Penders is an under is underrated as a podcast guest. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna love this. I'm gonna love this, Tommy P. You got to go listen to the podcast from Monday, folks, because he's talking about Chris Beard as a as a guy that he would put into practices when they were short a player Mm -hmm. and all the funny stories about beard drawing charges and working at summer camps with kids and being voted best counselor and 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 then his thoughts on Chris Del Conte, who he knew, well, Tom was the coach at Houston and Del Conte was the AD at Rice. And their conversations, I think he called Del Conte a trip. Um, but it's a great interview. Penders, like I said, I mean, and I love that Chris Beard said, I'm proud of my journey. And no one coached with more swag than Tom Penders. And he said, I know I have the same ingredients as Tom Penders. And I just love that Beard embraces everything about the Texas basketball program. He talked about all the former coaches from, you know, Abe Lemons, Leon Black, Bob Weltlick to Rick Barnes and Shaka and said, my buddy Shaka, I called Shaka to talk to him about the Texas job. And, and so, yeah. And Tom Penders, wait till you hear these stories. Go, go. Do not pass go. Head straight to the flagship podcast of your of your choice, Spotify, iTunes, whatever, and check out the uh, the Monday podcast. What say you, Taylor? Yeah, I have to agree with that. I thought that you know he was really. I mean, he went into vivid detail about Chris Beard and who he is as a person, as a competitor, as a coach, just in everything, um, and you know, the, this, these are the type of stories that Texas fans need to hear because, you know, you can look at a stat sheet and look at, you know, win loss records and all that. But if you can talk to the person who literally gave somebody a foot in the door in the industry, and that person is, you know, in such a short period of time at Texas Tech led them to a national championship. Um, I mean, you know, Tom Penders kind of started it. Yeah, I mean, it, to just put it out there like bluntly, he he's the start of the Chris Beard coaching era. And so I think it's definitely worth a listen. So once you, once we wrap up here in a second, go on over to Monday's episode of flagship podcast. You can also listen on any of your smart devices um, and pull up that on there too, but it's definitely, definitely worth a listen. And it's worth us probably having him back as a guest um, in the future too, Chip. That's right. That's right. He and he and Beard, uh, stay in touch. And uh, Tom Penders just had some really major back surgery. And so he's going through the rehab. He lives in Miami now. He said, I was fortunate enough to make enough money at Texas that I and save it to where he can afford. He said his condo in Miami is closer to the ocean than Pat Riley's, which I love. <laughs> Only Tom Penders would tell you that too. So get over to the uh, get over to the podcast. And uh, for Taylor Estes, I am Chip Brown. Get over to Horns 24-7 and keep listening to the flagship podcast. And until next time, stay safe and keep the faith. Let's go! It's the most all-star studded challenge ever. And this time, it's every competitor for themselves. Best challenge ever! The Challenge All-Stars. New season now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply.